Welcome to the Apartment Investor Show, where we help you get smart and invest smarter in multifamily real estate. I am your host, J.C. Castillo, founder and managing principal of the Multifamily Property Group. And joining me as always is my good buddy, my co-host, the godfather of lending, Mr. Paul Peebles, national underwriter for Old Capital Lending. Polly, how are you feeling today? Doing great, JC. We're just enjoying the summer months. So we took we took a couple of weeks off uh, between our our podcast just to kind of enjoy our families and and get away from all the craziness that we've seen with this COVID nineteen. <clears throat> so uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's been a pretty interesting summer. You know, I live in Dallas, but I traveled out to California just recently and drove out there. So when you would typically fly an airplane to be out there in two or three hours, but uh, if you drove, it's uh, two or three days. And so what you have found, I think COVID is one of the positive things is families have gotten together and maybe gone for a car ride or gone to some locations they wouldn't do and spending more time as a family unit. And so that's what we did. We drove out uh, to California from Dallas and stopped in Santa Fe and stopped in in uh, Nevada and stopped out in California. And then we actually uh, had a rental car, so we flew back. So we kind of enjoyed that part of the summer, but now it's time to get back to work. And so uh, let's get back to work, JC. Well, and your timing was perfect, Polly, because you came out to, uh, to California where I live uh, in, the, in the Bay Area here. You came out before all the fires hit. You know, we've been battling several fires here in California, which I, I hope that we'll get through here shortly. But, um, but let's get back to business, Polly. And you know what? I, I'm excited about today's guest. You know, Polly, we're always looking for, for interesting topics to talk to all of these multifamily investors out there about. And, you know, one of the topics that really, really caught my attention is, uh, and the person we're about to bring on can give you this from firsthand experience, is that, you know, Polly, there's a lot of people out there that are taking this hard-earned money that they're making, and they are going uh, in these multifamily syndications and working with all these uh, general partners, and and they have to basically figure out whether they're going to trust this person and put their hard-earned dollars or they're not. And, you know, Polly, one of the biggest things that I keep telling people is if you just do a simple background check um, on your, your business partners, you can find out a lot. And so today, what I thought we would do is talk about one of the most basic blocking and tackling techniques you can do as an investor to protect yourself. And that is how to do a background check on your potential business partners. And so one of the things I want to do today with our guests is not just get into that specifically, but also talk a little bit about maybe uh, some investing uh, um, what I would call nuggets of wisdom that she might be able to impart to us. But, but you know, uh, this particular person that we're going to have on the show, her name is Jennifer Klein, uh, Polly. She, uh, she came to us uh, through a mutual connection. And, you know, right away, I was really impressed with the fact that she really took her time uh, to, to do the basic uh, checkdowns that she needed to do to make sure that not only that, that, um, that the investment vehicle was the right vehicle for her, but more importantly, that the people that she was working with uh, passed all of these, uh, let's call it basic blocking and tackling checkdowns like a background check. So, you know, Polly, without any further ado, I want to welcome to the show, uh, Ms. Jennifer Klein. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining. We're happy to have you on the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, JC. Good. Cool. Very good. So, Jennifer, let's get right into the topic at hand. Um, you know, Maybe what you can do before we, we go, go there, though, is just give us a quick little sort of maybe a, a 30-second or 60-second summary of your background and uh, so the audience knows a little bit about your story. Okay, great. Well, um, born and raised in California, 
And um, I come from a real estate family, I guess. Didn't start out that way. My father was an engineer. My grandmother was a powerhouse. She was, uh, she believed in real estate. In fact, um, I remember as a kid, she would always say, if everyone bought a duplex, there would be no uh, people on the street in their old age. And uh, that's the way I was raised. When I was a baby, uh, every Sunday, we would go look at real estate. So I've been looking at real estate probably since I was six months old. Um, I invested, I started investing in residential real estate in the 90s. And then I went to commercial. Um, My father helped me in the 90s in California. And uh, that's where I am now. I've just followed it along. So, so Jennifer, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about sort of um, what your methodology is for when you're going to choose to work with somebody um, in the real estate business as maybe a partner, because you, you've been around for a long time. You, you've seen lots of different things happen in real estate. Tell us specifically about whether the steps that you do to make sure that the person you're working with is really who they say they are and can really do the right thing for you. Mm-hmm. So um, just in a nutshell, um, I invested when I was in my early 30s in a spec home And I didn't do any research about the person. And um, he was a great builder, very creative. And I lost a bunch of money. Uh, Couldn't do any business. And that's what started me on the path to really, um, unless I'm doing everything, unless I'm going to buy the place, um, manage the place, be the only owner, um, then I've always, after that, I learned that you have to really do some research. And this is, you know, your money, your hard earned money. Um, So, uh, you know, when we met each other, JC, you and I just really connected and we talked about real estate. I don't know, maybe two hours. I mean, the whole afternoon went by and I really liked you and I, and I loved your concept. I, I thought, wow, I can see myself doing investing in your company, but I also, you challenged me. You said, Jennifer, you know, we want you to go do a background check. And I said to myself, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to actually invest my money, I do want to do a background check. So um, that's what I did. So talk about, I mean, a lot of people, uh, when we say background checks, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people think about, but um, what I felt like was smart about what you did specifically was you, you, you got pretty um, specific about exactly what you you looked for and the level of Mm -hmm. details uh, that you were able to get from running a background check. Maybe can you give the audience a little bit of tips on specifics of what you're going to do to make sure that you can get the most information about the person that you're working with? Right. Okay. So um, what I, um, I mean, I have a friend who's a PI. So it was, it was very easy for me because I just called him on the phone and said, hey, I want to do a background check. He referred me to a professional person that does that. And I talked to them about what <clears throat> concerned me. You know, what I don't want, uh, you know, there are s- certain things. You don't want somebody that didn't pay their bills. You don't want somebody who cheated, you know, they uh, didn't pay contractors. You don't want, you know, there's certain things, but also a PI um, the people that do the background checks can steer you as well. And you can ask them, what are the most important things that you want to know? But some of it's just logic, 
I mean, you don't want people, you know, what people's political affiliations, that's none of, I don't care about that. That's not anyone's business. But if it's having to do with finances, if it has to do with criminal, if it has to do with, um, uh, you know, credit issues, I want to know about that. Let's talk a little bit about that because... As Michael Becker says, that you'll only invest with people that you know, like, and trust. And, and underline the sentence uh, part of that, and the word is, is trust. What did it cost you to run that background check? And you, what don't th- you don't want to know. <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was either 250 or $500. I think it was maybe $300. I don't actually remember what I paid, okay. but it was so small compared to the wealth of information I got. I got a, a huge flag that just said yes. I mean, there were no issues at all. Zero. So what type of information did the, the was it a computer uh, generated printout or did they do surveillance on JC or did they, how did you, what, what kind of information did they provide that made you feel comfortable? It was all, um, it, was, it was like 120 pages it was all, it was long. Um, I just started skimming through to see if there, anything was relevant. Um, and, and basically it was very thorough, no surveillance, but it was all through records and um, electronic records. That's great. Now, JC, Jennifer's a little bit of, uh, of unusual uh, limited partner that's investing in deals. And we're not saying that uh, you should not do that, but most people do not do that. Uh, it's a little bit, um, uh, you know, that's that's taking the, the, the ball and running with it. Uh, but I think it's important to do a background check of the person that wants to invest your $100,000 for them, whether they work at a financial institution that they want to take the $100,000 and put into stocks and bonds. You have to have conversations with maybe some of their uh, uh, other limited partners that have invested in groups just like JC's or another another group or the people that have invested with Merrill Lynch or Edward Jones to kind of figure out if they'll let you talk with people about what type of a person that that person is. The background checks I think are, are very important but I think you could probably run some for maybe 60 or 70 or 100 dollars but having a, a private investigator uh, for a couple hundred bucks that's pretty good. I don't know if everybody's going to be able to do that but I think having that conversation with with an investor for two hours is very important. And having the conversation with other investors that have invested with a guy like JC or another general partner is very important. You know, what's their communication level? How much data do they give you on a monthly basis? Uh, have they been, have they, uh, did they put together a pro forma at the beginning that, that compelled you to invest with them? And have they kept kind of to that pro forma? Have they gone off the railroad track someplace? Uh, you know, when, when, they, when they actually had a hard deal, they were starting to push out distributions for, for it. But background checks are very, very important. I can't stress that enough. JC, what's your, what's your take on that? On, on maybe deals that you've done personally and what, what else have you seen out there? Yeah, you know, I, I think, Polly, my, 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 uh, my sentiments uh, mirror yours and they also mirror Jennifer's. You know, I think that if you, if you think about it, you know, the average investor uh, is probably going to be putting in, you know, anywhere from 100 to 150,000 average, right? So if we talk about even if it's $1,000 to hire a private investigator, that's going to really help you get the information you need. 
that's still, you know, a lot less than, than, um, you know, 1% of, of what it's going to, what you're going to put your, your at risk, which is a huge amount of money. Um, and so I think it's well worth it. Um, and I think that what you get in return is, is the initial bar of whether you even want to have conversations moving forward. Right. I mean, it, it's not going to stop at a background check because the next thing you're going to want to do is understand uh, the partner's uh, investment philosophies and whether they align to yours. That's another big one. I think that people uh, don't necessarily uh, think about in the very beginning. They kind of focus on the deal itself and whether the the the, the numbers make sense. But also, mm-hmm. if you're if you're in uh, if your general partner has a different investment philosophy fundamentally than you do, then you could also you know set yourself up for some some speed bumps along the way. So, you know, I, I think that background checks are a, a requirement for the initial. Uh, green, green light, red light, and then you you sort of take off and do a bunch of other stuff from there. I think it's really important, you know, in this day and age, uh, because we have the internet and we're all on, um, you know, our email, we're being scammed, there's a dark web. You, you, we're very savvy, you know, now about the internet, but we're not very savvy about people to people contact and how people can come across a certain way. They can be sales, very good salespeople. They can have their shtick together. And yet when, and that's the reason to do a background check is that you, you find out so much more about a person. If you, you see that maybe 25% of their bills, they're not paying or they're late. You see these chronic kind of issues and it's and could be red flags for investing with them. And the other really important thing I would say is that I have a good team. I have an excellent lawyer, real estate lawyer, and I have an amazing commercial broker. And the, and again, it's like surrounding myself with competent people that have a lot of experience and also check out on the background. You know, Jennifer, um, one of the things that I thought was interesting about your story and, and you know, one of the things that, that Paul and I are big on is that, you know, uh, I live in California and Paul's got background in California, but we've had a lot of success in out-of-state investing, let's call it, uh, you know, investing in Texas. Now, you, you've kind of come up in California as a California investor for pretty much the majority of your investing career. And I think maybe recently you're starting to branch mm-hmm. out, but maybe talk a little bit about your experiences over the last, let's call it 30 years as a California investor and, and really more specifically, what you're seeing changing today um, about the landscape of being an investor here in California and what that means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently um, did a series of 1031 exchanges and my original um, goal was to be mostly out of California. But when I went to um, actually make those uh, decisions and look at the property um, in a 1031 exchange situation, you only have 90 days to identify property. And so I ended up doing some outside of California and some within California. Now, I used to live in Santa Fe, New Mexico in the 90s, and I invested in Santa Fe and I invested in New Mexico. And I also simultaneously invested in California. And over the 30 years, the California real estate just, it was like um, hitting the jackpot. And the New Mexico real estate made income, but did not appreciate to the level of the California real estate. So um, at this point in my um, strategy, I'm the middle path. Um, I'm looking at 
some property outside of California, like you would do if when you're investing in the market, you want to have some more, you know, safer and you want to have a wide variety of real estate. So if one, if one area has a problem that you can go to the other area and, and have a balanced portfolio. Yeah, I like that. And it sounds like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be focused on your California long-term for, for also giving you a nice little equity play. And, and maybe your out-of-state kind of helps with the cash flow as well. Is, is that, would exactly. that be what I would hear you say as well? Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Almost like, uh, like Silicon Valley, that uh, there's high technology stocks, uh, you know, Apple and Google, you know, they don't typically pay a dividend, but uh, they actually go up and up and up and up, just like California real estate has in the last, say, 100 years or so. And there's areas like outside the state of California that almost like a bond that you don't have to put a lot of money into, maybe 25 or maybe 30% into the deal. But it pays a cash flow, like a bond. So I guess it depends on, on, on what phase of your life that you're looking to do. If you're looking to, to have cash flow, maybe California, you know, maybe uh, if you, you put money into a triple net, high quality triple net, maybe that is going to give you some cash flow. But it, the, the yields on that are going to be, you know, three or four percent. Where if you go outside, it may be a little bit higher to get some yields. But uh, you're not putting a, a tremendous amount of money down to get those those yields. You're not putting down fifty percent or sixty percent to get those yields. But you know, California is is done very well. I don't I don't I don't uh, don't have a problem with California. Uh, but I think you guys are going to be get charged at some period of time. Get sixteen percent state income tax, which I'm concerned about. Which makes what fifty four percent all in state and federal property to our income taxes, which may happen, may not happen, but they're looking for ways of generating income. So, you know, what, what you know, we've talked a little bit about the past. But what's your your future on on California? That is, that's like asking me what is the future of the Dow Jones Industrial and um, <laughs> the market. It's to me, I can't believe it's gone up this much. I have been waiting for a crash um, on both fronts. So that's why my stated, you know, I wanted to go outside of California. It just didn't work out for the 1031 exchange. And I found some really good property in California. But that was, you know, I looked all over. I looked in Washington. I looked in in Texas. I looked all in the Western state area. and, um, And that's what I found. And, you know, it is a concern. I agree it is a concern. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as I always say, you know, um, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. So I think that while, you know, we are seeing a lot of aggressive proposals coming out of California right now for taxes, uh, you know, both wealth taxes and also a state income tax, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful and confident that we won't go to the, the very far end of what's being proposed, but we'll, it'll probably be um, a little bit more painful than what it is now, um, but maybe not to the extremes. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll hope for the best and and plan plan for the worst in that case. Well, yeah, Jennifer, I want to talk, and we'll finish up the conversation here. I want to talk a little bit about women in real estate, and you know, have you found it to be challenging to be a woman in real estate? Uh, you know, do you think you, you get all the opportunities that maybe some of your male counterparts get? Uh, what are some of the drags you feel? Maybe, or what's the, some of the positives? Tell me about women in real estate, what your, what your opinion is right now in 2020. 
That is such an excellent question. Um, about five years ago, I made it a stated intention in my life to have male friends and to have uh, be able to talk business with my male friends. And it's five years later, there are absolutely no men in my life that I can really discuss, you know, real estate with. And women in my life, most of them are not interested. I start to talk about numbers and they are not interested. So I feel like I'm, I'm way out there on, uh, on my own in a lot of ways. And again, this is why it's so important. I'm going to go back to the whole doing a background check, seeing the people that you can trust. I have discussed, I, I shouldn't, JC, no offense, because you and I have, have had some conversations and you have actually said to me, anytime you want to talk about real estate, please give me a call. So I have, I misspoke. I don't have, I have one friend that is willing to discuss real estate with me, um, you know, because it is what it is. You know, that's, that's the way it is for me. If people like uh, young ladies wanted to get into um, real estate, what's their what's their path that you see today that uh, you could give yourself thirty years ago? Well, there is a book that my real estate agent um, gave me called "The Little Book of Triple Net Investing," and I don't remember the name the the author, but it, it is called "The Little Book of Triple Net Investing." It's a, a small, like, kind of guide. I highly recommend that book. Um, it gives you a, a, a very basic understanding of the uh, that market. Um, and I'm going to... Do you go out and network at all and go to some of these meetups? How do, how do you meet, I how have do you meet no, people? I, I never okay. have done... It's been, it was in the family deal, so we would talk about it. And like I said, I've been looking at real estate for years and years and years um, on my own, you know, just looking at any... Any, now we have, you know, Zillow and, and things you can look at just to dream. And in fact, I have a funny story. One of my friends isn't getting involved and I'm helping her with the triple net investing. And, um, and so she's like, she was turning off on me. And I said, look, think of it like a dating. Think of it like dating for a man. Like you're going to go on Zillow, you're dating, you're seeing what's out there. <laughs> she started laughing so hard. And I was like, she actually went on Zillow and started looking at commercial real estate. So there you go. I mean, you got to get creative, you know, about just trying to look at things like in a, in a way. And, and I do have to, I want to, uh, please forgive me, JC. I know that the goal is not to plug you right now, but your company is so wonderful because you do not have to have a million dollars in order to invest. I think that is a, a, for a woman. This is one of the hardest things to uh, deal with is um, if you're not independently wealthy, to start out to do your first thing. Like for me, I never wanted to own a duplex because I didn't want to manage a duplex, but I did, but I didn't want to. Um, this commercial multifamily for a female um, is, is such a much more better deal because you're not fixing things. You're not organizing. It's all handled for you. And so, and also you don't need to have a million dollars to invest. And that's really important. I mean, you take what you have, $25,000 or whatever, you know, the, or $50,000 and you start there. And I think that is, um, that's what I want to say to women. It's like, start small, try to get, 
you know, something that is not going to be so overwhelming that you're going to get turned off by the experience. Um, Even though JC's married, he is still on in the market on the, <laughs> as an investor. Oh. Always in the market. And, and you know, Polly, um, one of the things that I, I personally love doing uh, as, as part of our company is I love building relationships with, 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 with investors that, that, that want to get more insight in how to uh, invest in, in multifamily and do it the right way. You know, uh, I've been investing in multifamily for the last 14 years. Uh, you've been in multifamily, uh, you know, probably almost twice as long as I, I've been in, in the business. But there is a wealth of information that we've gathered, uh, some through hard knocks and, and others and, and others through uh, personal experience. But um, if you're out there and, and you are, uh, you know, you're wondering, uh, you know, how to get into multifamily, if you're looking to invest in multifamily, if you just like to kind of get a, a background on, on, on what multifamily is about, you can feel free to go to our website, uh, multifamilypropertygroup.com. And you can actually click on a schedule 15-minute consultation with, uh, with our website. And that'll actually put you in touch with me personally. And, uh, and you can ask your questions uh, in 15 minutes. And we would be happy happy to uh, give you a little good advice to get you uh, going in the right direction, Polly. Because I think that is something that uh, I think Jennifer also can appreciate sort of being, being around uh, the business for so long. And uh, having people that you can turn to for expert advice is, is critically important. It absolutely is. And Jennifer, thanks for coming on, spending some time and telling a little bit about your story. Um, I think uh, it's, it's, it's a great one because, again, you're only going to invest with people that you know, like, and trust. And so you've got to find that person, whether it's done through a PI investigation, having communication with uh, the general partner is, is in the depth of what you did. But also, too, is you want to talk with other people that have invested with that person maybe uh, follow up with them and, and kind of see if they've kept to their word, what they had said originally and what they're ex actually executing out there on paying the distributions and doing what they, they say that they were going to do and actually executing and doing it. So uh, Jennifer Klein, thanks for hanging out with us. We certainly do appreciate that. Again, I'm Paul Peebles with Old Capital. That's JC Castillo. Have a great day.